You are now listening to Shift the Plan Podcast. My name is Rhonda Evans, and I'll be your host. I'll be interviewing business owners who have successfully navigated through life shifts. Remember, it's never too late to change the game. Let's get started. for joining me for another week of Shift the Plan podcast where it is never too late to change the game. And as you heard, I have another amazing shift maker in the house, a charlatan, but we'll get into that in a minute. Just make sure she she one of the real unicorns. <laughs> charlatan. Um, but yeah, I have Enovia Bedford in the house today and we'll be talking like look, what doesn't she do? Like from black tech to, you know, marketing, working with brands. Like if y'all want to stop now and go get your pens and paper, go yeah. do that because <laughs> you're going to need it. Um, and we're going to get right into this episode. Enovia, thank you for coming on. Hello, Rhonda. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yes, so I told you before, I have heard nothing, nothing but praises about you. That's always, I have to time, I don't feel like people are even paying attention to what I'm saying. So, <laughs> you were listening to me? Good. They were, they were. The people love you. Thank you. So we are going to get into your story and how, you know, you became a founder, um, how you got into the tech world, and then, like, go into, like, your whole journey. And then we got some questions from the Graham for you. Okay. Hey, Graham. <laughs> so I've been in Charlotte for three years. Okay. My best friend, uh, Cheryl Dorsey, my partner in Black Tech, she was here. I was looking for a change of scenery and she's like, come to Charlotte. It's awesome. There's all these opportunities. And at the time I was working with a company doing sponsorship for them. It's um, a great company called Funding Post. They plan basically Shark Tank style events. Oh, wow. Yeah. You pitch a panel of investors and they've been doing this 20 years. Um, And I was like, hey, you guys don't have an office in Charlotte. I'd love to launch it. Um, And that's how I ended up coming to Charlotte. Before that, I was doing... um, marketing for a beverage company in New York and really just doing whatever I please. Um, I, <laughs> I love it. That's kind of how I do things. My former life, I was a jewelry designer. So mm-hmm. I designed mass market um, in New York. You know, I was one of those, I'm going to grow up, I'm going to be a fashion designer. I'm going to work in Manhattan kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I did just that. I went to FIT for jewelry design. Oh, and wow. after I got into, um, after I got into jewelry and I designed for some really great stores. I designed for more than 140 stores. So oh, that's amazing. Thank you. Like <laughs> candies, Kohl's, um, Black House White Market, 579, uh, Jessica Simpson. I remember her team coming when she first started her accessory lines. And I was part of that team that helped um, that they bought wholesale from. Um, when Mariah Carey had a jewelry line in Walmart in Canada, and my first wow. jewelry, I was part of that team. So it just, it kind of became natural. I was a really crappy designer though, and I was like <laughs> the marketing aspect of it. Like, you know, some of these girls that I worked with, these women, 
at the time we were pretty young we were in our early 20s but they literally like designed circles around me like they would come up with these beautiful lines mm-hmm. and I'd be like hey look at this set of stackable bracelets that I did because <laughs> I looked at the, you know the marketing analysis report and it said that last year people bought them in silver so I just you know added enamel to some of them and then I tied some of them together with a ribbon and now we have bestsellers so I kind of approach designing differently um so i was able to have a really successful career you know got to the point where i was in that in that nice size office and i was just like i don't want to do this anymore um so i don't do this anymore um so i started my own line of accessories and which i i don't know how i forget about this because it was such a big part of my life um and i I was in a bunch of stores nationwide. I like, you know, would get on a plane, go to Chicago. My sister lived there. I would go to like little boutiques with my stuff and be like, you want to buy some of this? Um, I was in some stores in LA. I made like connections online. So I was in a couple of stores in, um, in Dallas. I was in some stores in Atlanta and I kind of grew, grew that out some. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore either. Um, <laughs> and then in the background, I always worked um, on and off for a production company. Mm-hmm. We would do some uh, really great production films, and then I would come in on the back end and help with the events, do some of the sponsorship. Um, and my mentor there, she just like taught me all about business and the back end and raising money, and just she's one of those people that was really on me. Um, and from being under her wing since I was probably about 16 years old, sponsorship was one of the things that I really picked up and gravitated towards. And I got to a point in my mid 20s where I liked having events but I did not want to necessarily plan a whole event. So I said, well, how can I can incorporate myself into the event landscape and not have to plan the full scale event? And sponsorship was the answer. So people would come to my events, how do you get sponsors? How do you get sponsors? And I was looking around like, yeah, I don't know how to do this. So, <laughs> right? Like, this is not, yeah, like this is, you don't, you don't know how to do this? Okay. <laughs> okay. We keep asking people and I would ask people. So if I ask 20 people and 18 tell me no, like that's that's a pretty good you know demographic for me to be able to tap into so i decided that i was going to launch a small firm of me um and i would do sponsorship for people so i had some really great clients who's telling my friends and friends of friends and one of my good friends is like oh i have a client to send to you and i was like awesome and at the time i didn't realize that i was going to like be connected to russell simmons camp i thought it was going to be like her homeboy like down the block that like you know having a barbecue like i had no idea um, so wow, that kind of transpired uh, and was able to transform my business some. So, uh, helped them with their fashion show, brought some sponsors in their art for life in the Hamptons. And then I worked with wow. a bunch of companies and brands that have wanted me to set up activations. I do a lot in the travel industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so the madness travel tribe, um, it's a huge Facebook group. Evita is everywhere all the time. I helped her get Airbnb as a sponsor, which was one of her, her first big sponsors. And since then, I've done lots of travel. I've worked with um, Boxed Water, which is now like Huge. a brand that's in all the hot foods. Like, I remember when they were breaking into the market and they used some of my events to break in. So just being able to, to do that is kind of where my journey has been and how I got here. I'm also a mama. I have a two-year-old son. Mm-hmm. He's new to the team. We just added him a little while ago. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody got to work. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So I think that's that's basically how I got to this point. 
Look, that was not anything short of amazing. Like, like you said, you thought it's just gonna be the homeboy down the block, and it was Russell Simmons. Like, how how does that even happen? You know, it's like whoa. And good network, you know, good network. Being part of the circles, like you know, on Facebook and other places, you see these things like you know, crabs in a barrel and all this talk, and that's just not been my experience, especially mm -hmm. not black women. Like, I have such a good network and outpouring of love that it's kind of like. Hey, I'm doing this. And they were like, yeah, I'm going to send you clients. And that the person who sent it to me, actually, I, I hadn't spoke to her probably in like two years. I invited her to a conference I was speaking at. And she called me and hit me up. She's like, hey, I got a beverage company doing a 20-city tour. I'm like, like, so it's, you know, it's people that you think that have forgotten about you that <laughs> always circle back around. And it's like, oh, <laughs> thank you. Like, so, yeah, I, getting into good circles of, people and friends and being genuine is a it makes all the difference mm -hmm. we have been i think over the past week or so like the common theme of conversations has been building relationships and people don't understand the impact of that like you can't just come on the scene and be like oh let me hit you up in your dm about this when you haven't even cultivated that relationship like what have you done to nurture it like do they know who you are <laughs> I just put a post on my Facebook yesterday, I think, or the day before, and I got all these comments. Because I said, hey, Facebook, is it customary for new Facebook friends to just run up in your DMs trying to sell you stuff? <laughs> like, Memorial Day weekend, it was like, let me sell you a house, drink my tea, buy my cleaning product. You want your hair to be curly and bouncy? <laughs> Are your elbows ashy? Like, all kinds of pitches in my DM. Like, I've never even spoken to you a day in my life. Like, right. The art of building relationships is so important, and that's one of the reasons why my company started and I'm able to do this, because I've had relationships where brands who receive hundreds of decks a week mm -hmm. have hit me up like, hey, what are you working on? Because I know that you do. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah. that's how I knew it was time, you know, to take it to the next level and start because brands, they don't need to reach out to people. You know, they have yeah. so many people coming but because I've nurtured those relationships and I've done what I'm, you know, supposed to do for the most part, mm -hmm. I'm able to, you know, get to the next level with some things. So how did you go about, like, I know that you said in the beginning of your story, you, you know, you made jewelry, you felt like you worked at it, but you had a different approach when it came to marketing that, like, talk about how you discovered this is, this is it, this is what I need to do. Yeah, it was really in that jewelry world when I could figure out by talking to one of our customers what their client actually wanted. So mm -hmm. there were designers who were designing based off their fields and how, you know, how they felt they would look at something like a, I don't know, like a gate. Say they're walking by somebody's house and they see this fence and they're like, oh, I can make this whole line of that. I would talk and ask questions. I'll never forget um, the day that I helped my company land the Candies account. So Candies, everybody knows Candies. It was mm -hmm. Candies for Coles. And they're one company that hates everything. Like legit, the buyers hate everything. It's kind of like in training, they must be like, when you go to these companies, just tell them you don't like it, even if you like, just hate everything. Right. <laughs> we spent weeks preparing for this meeting. You know, all of our, our jewelry boards with all of this amazing jewelry and presenting it. I'm sitting in the meeting and they're like, yeah, no, we don't like that. We don't like, we don't like it. And it was a new, it was a new contract for everyone. So now you have in probably a six block radius in New York, there's probably like a hundred or 200 small jewelry companies that wholesale to everyone. So 
when I was in the jewelry world, I literally worked on all of the blocks because different companies would hire me. And I'm like, now I've worked in the same building for different companies. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's kind of like everybody knows, okay, this candy's opportunity is up. So everybody's like, you know, putting their best foot forward. They hate everything. So I'm sitting in a meeting and I'm like, okay, this is going to hell. What are we going to do? And I just said, oh, I have one more thing at my desk that I want to show you. There wasn't a thing at my desk. I was <laughs> So I just get up and I'm at my desk, like scrambling, looking through. So factories will just send you whatever their new samples are, which is usually just crap. It's just ugly crap. Um, and so I'm like going through samples and we also design on the back end. So sometimes we get samples in that aren't in the showroom yet. So I'm just like going through samples and I found this really thick black chain. Mm -hmm. It was just like a linear black chain and really thick link. And I had that season's pink nail polish in my bag. And I was just like, I'm gonna paint half of this pink. <laughs> Let's just do that and see what happens, right? So I paint half this necklace pink and I go into the showroom and I was like, yeah, I found it, there's this. And they were like, oh my God, that's perfect. Can you build a line around that? And I was just like, so I don't have to put no, like I just made this up. I just went to my desk and painted something with nail polish. And now we're, now we landed this client. And the necklace actually made it into the ad that Candy's used. I think it was um, Hillary Duff was the, was the spokesperson at the time. So she has this necklace on. We ended up wrapping the links with um, hot pink fabric instead of doing it in enamel. But like, and so in all of these ads is this necklace that I literally painted at my desk to try and save our asses. So just having that kind of mentality of like, I'm going to figure this out. Like, I'm always going to try to figure it out. And that's when I was like, okay, jewelry is not for me. The life of figuring things out is where I need to be. And that is definitely more of the marketing solution-driven world. So I took my talents elsewhere, and, <laughs> and that was it, right? Yeah. I'm out of here. That is crazy. Like, literally, you're like, let me just stop. What can I do? <laughs> and they, they're, they're like, we love it. You're, that's crazy. Because I thought they were going to hate it because they literally hated everything. So everyone's face was kind of like, oh, crap. <laughs> like, this just happened. Yeah, this just happened. Like, we're really going to land. Like, we, after the, we, by that time, we just had no intentions of even landing this client. We're like, this is not going to work. And I was like, I just got to give it one more shot. And at the time, I was maybe 23, 24 years old. Mm -hmm. It was always kind of like a, a drive of, we're going to figure this out. Like, we're going to make this work. Oh, my gosh. I think that approach of, like, let me figure this out works on every level. <laughs> like, it, it, it eliminates the fear, right? It's like... If I can figure this out, then it is it, it go good or it go bad. But either way, I tried. I tried. I tried. I'm giving my all. Mm hmm So you mentioned you've had like the same mentor um, when you from when you were 16. And I know in business, it's difficult sometimes for people. They're like, "How do I figure out how to get a mentor? How do I go about? How did that whole relationship um, come to play for you?" So my mom is an entertainment attorney. Mm -hmm. And always kept a whole group of strong, strong, smart black women around. And it was basically, you're going to go work for my friend. And I was like, okay. And I, I always had jobs outside of that. But mm -hmm. she's like, hey, you know, there's an opportunity. Go work with her. Go learn from her. And that relationship just turned into, you know, mm -hmm. I was 
you can't wear that wherever we're going. Go in my closet and pick something else out. <laughs> That's not how we do this. And I'd be like, oh my God, okay, well, straighten me out. Right, like, okay. <laughs> that is awesome. I mean, and I, I always feel like it's, it's, they're closer than you think a lot of the mm-hmm. time. You know, people want to reach for these unattainable, I saw this person on this show, I follow mm-hmm. this person on Instagram. Aim a lot closer. Start going to local events and see in your community who's doing who you want to do or know somebody that, you know, that knows that person Mm -hmm. and get close that way. Always offer some kind of assistance to that person. If they have, if they're selling something, you buy it, you know, buy that first. And then you start talking to them about what they build. You offer your services. Hey, Mm -hmm. you know, marketing company X, I need to learn how to such and such. This is what I have to offer. I can give you this if you teach me that. So I think it's, it really all boils down to that building relationship piece. You know, it's funny that you say that because I think nowadays people are hesitant to pay for the knowledge or the skill. They're like, oh, they, they were in, we were all in this, let me pick your brain seat. Where now people are like, it costs to pick my brain. <laughs> I, all day. I get it. I get them all. I get those messages all day. Please don't run in my inbox asking me to pick my brain. <laughs> I will straighten you out. <laughs> Y'all heard that here. Do not get up in the inbox talking about, let me pick it right. It doesn't work. It's not genuine. It's like you want something for nothing. For nothing. It's, it's me. It's very me-centric. It's mm-hmm. what can you do for me? Right. But now, if you come in my inbox and you're like, hey, I've been working on X, Y, and Z. Here are my plans. Can you give me some feedback? That's a different conversation. If mm-hmm. you're like, hey, I saw you did X, Y, and Z. I'm trying to replicate that in my, you know, in my city or whatever. Mm-hmm. Is there a way that we can sit down and talk? Can we figure out how to work together? But if you use those words, let me pick your brain. I am not a booger and no, you cannot. <laughs> I love it. No, I'm not a booger. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> I don't know if they told you that I'm like this. <laughs> no, look, I love guests like you. <laughs> it makes this all the more better, all the more better because it's real. Like people need to understand that there are certain things you just cannot do and just get away with. Like there's a process. There's no easy way out. There's no overnight success to this. You have to do the work. You got to do all the work and the extra work that you didn't know you had to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So with that, the extra work, because with entrepreneurship, there's always the extra work. <laughs> always. So you were like, I can go ahead and do this. Let me open up my agency. Is that where vet debt came from? Yeah, so I had to figure out how to scale mm-hmm. um, to be able to take on more clients. Because I got to a point where I think my top number was like 18 clients. Mm. And that was stressful. That was really stressful because it was a lot of back-to-back calls, checking on statuses, like text messages. Like, it's like, you know, can't hold to talk to one person because somebody else is beeping in, lots of emailing. And I'm like, this is too stressful. And, you know, people are trying to get sponsorship. They're trying to get money, especially Mm -hmm. if their event is relying on it. It becomes a different animal. So, like, that made me even change my system then. Like, we only work with events that have budgets. We only work with entities that have some kind of budget set into place. Mm-hmm. Because sponsorship is not supposed to carry your entire event. It's supposed to supplement it. Girl, so, said it again. Y'all heard me. 
relationship is not supposed to carry your entire event. It is supposed to supplement it, especially when you're a new event. That's mm-hmm. the other thing don't come in my inbox talking about. Don't come in my inbox talking about, I want to have a concert series. You ain't never thrown no concert in your life and you want $250,000. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> no fire festival going on here, okay? No, no. And you know, all these things, that's what Vet Tech really was created to help alleviate, just to teach us a better way of doing things and how to actually get to that goal. And it was kind of like, all right, I put things on hold to figure out how this scale was going to happen and what it was going to look like. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, maybe I'll just hire a team and I'll be a, a marketing agency, which was the goal. I'll hire some people, you know, that know how to do sponsorship and we'll grow like that. And then as I started doing it, I was like, well, what if I use a service, I build decks anyway, and if I start editing people's decks again, which I did really well editing people's decks because a lot of the time, so your deck is your sponsorship proposal for those out there that are listening that are new to the sponsorship world. Mm-hmm. And it's what you present to brands that you want to pitch to. So I would edit maybe five decks a week. Like it was, it was quick money. Like, oh, I can look at a deck in 15 seconds and tell what's wrong with it and how to rebuild it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, if there was a way to scale that portion of it and then also include pitching where everything could be contained in one spot and I don't really have to talk to clients, that would be an awesome world yeah. um, for everyone because it's real streamlined. And that's basically how the company started. So it was like building little parts. It was the back end initially was going to be like maybe a social media kind mm-hmm. of um, system where people can message each other. But then it's easy to take it offline that way. And we can't monitor all the conversations. We want to make sure that the brands and the clients are getting what they want. So that's how we just came up with this, um, this dashboard where everything is back there. All the tasks that people have to do, that the clients have to do is back there. Everyone that there's pitching is back there. There's messaging there. So my team can message people individually and say, hey, we're still waiting for your pictures. We're still waiting for your logo. We need this. We need that. And you don't have to open up 20 Excel sheets and go through all of these emails. Everything is right there. You don't have to go to the Google Drive to get everything is right there in the dashboard. So it was mm-hmm. longer accidentally, um, but it's, it's definitely a needed tool. Right now we have clients in New York, Chicago, Atlanta, uh, Miami, Oakland. We're kind of covering Connecticut. We're kind of covering a good amount of states. So mm-hmm. we're excited about the growth. I'm so excited right now that you said about the having to open up the emails and Google Drive. Like people, okay, so I use this tool called Airtable because I feel like everything is right there. Yeah. I don't have to go into a Google Drive or look in the email and find all these attachments. Everything is right there. And the you have just solidified. So for me, like that's somebody that likes to be super organized in my work, project management tools are a must. Yeah. Like my team uses them. So it only made sense that my clients would be able to use one. And then for marketers who don't necessarily, I have a team of six, so mm-hmm. marketers who aren't on our team or don't work with us, they can pay a monthly fee to have accounts created on our dashboard and use our project management tool since it's specifically for sponsorship or partnerships. So all the things uh, from the demographics, all the information that you have to collect constantly is right there. And it, it just makes it so easy to, to manage the relationship with the client and the brand. That is so dope. Like, okay, so I'm being a little selfish at this point. How do we get on that day? Get your shot. Okay. <laughs> See, how do we get on that day? <laughs> it is 
www.vetdeck.com, V-E-T-T-D-E-C-K.com. The social media is Vet Deck. My social media is No VD. Yeah, that's my name. <laughs> we have monthly packages. There's a little chat box with my face on it. So when you go to the website, if you have questions, hit me in the chat box. Be like, hey, girl, I heard you talking all that crap. And I'm going to be like, <laughs> I know, but seriously, I think that this is so dope because a lot of people do not know how to uh, put on events. They don't know the power of having those sponsorships there. So they don't <clears throat> excuse me, necessarily know the first steps to getting that. So can you talk about what that process looks like for someone who is new in the game and not quite sure how to get sponsorships? Absolutely. So we have um, our package. It's called the Make Me Over Package. That is like perfect for new people. Mm -hmm. We basically walk you through the process. Um, we collect all the data. So sometimes I see decks that just, it's like, we've done this. We've done that. We've done this. We've done that. <laughs> look at us. Look some more. <laughs> but when I look, I'm like, okay, and why does a brand, so you're selling yourself and that you, that's not what the brand wants. You have to sell your following. So mm -hmm. the people that are coming to your event, so brands that, are, decks that are more heavily focused on your demographics mm -hmm. usually do the best, um, and creative packages. So the way that we do our packages is we kind of aim for the sky and then whittle back down. So, you know, people are usually like, you can have your logo on our step and repeat. A logo on a step and repeat is worth about one cent to a brand. I'm so glad you said that. It is. So like people, people need to know this. Huh? People need to know this. People need to know this. So like when you're leading, like, you know, you send your package with your 12 items and half of those items are fluff. Your logo on our step and repeat, your logo on this printed material that somebody is not even going to take out the bag and throw directly in the trash. Your logo on this, like that stuff, that's not really where, where it's at. Um, so we do custom packages for everyone that we pitch to. We don't do that. Here's a list of 300 people. We're going to throw it to the wall and see who sticks. We curate our list very well. And I think that's another mistake that first time pitchers use. It's like Coca-Cola has money. Let's pitch Coca-Cola. You don't drink Coca-Cola. You never bought Coca-Cola. You don't know what's in a Coca-Cola. Like you just know that it's a large company. So they need to give you money. Um, and that's never going to work. That's not going to work. So it's best to talk to brands who you already believe in and that have some kind of tie in. I'm fortunate enough to be at a point where I only work with brands that I like. There was a time when there would be brands that I didn't particularly love, but they had a check and I'd have to be like, for my client, I got to take this check. But now I'm at a point where I can say no or don't even pitch to them at all. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one of the things when you're curating your brand list, what I like to tell people to do is walk through your home and look at what you have and what, you're pur what you've purchased. Like go in your refrigerator, go in your cabinets, go in your bathroom. When I come in my house, Best Buy was having a sale, right? They had 55-inch sharp smart TVs for $2.99. So my mom sent me one <laughs> for Mother's Day. So I got this huge box in my living room, right? So say I walk in my living room, I'm like, okay, Best Buy. So now I'm thinking about Best Buy and the product that they sell. They have Canon cameras. They have, you know, sharp equipment. They have Samsung. So now I'm mentally cataloging how these brands may possibly fit into what I'm doing. When I go into my refrigerator, I love Trader Joe's. They don't really sponsor things. So let me, let me, let me go past that. You know, <laughs> you know, look at other things. There might be some Kraft cheese. Kraft is owned by, 
I, I think Coca-Cola Tropicana, one of the bigger companies. Well, yeah. Yeah. Or, or they, you know, they have a bunch of companies underneath them. So now start looking at those like Coca-Cola is Coca-Cola, vitamin water, Dasani. So mm -hmm. when you look at these bigger brands, boil that down and then say, you do look at Dasani, look in your area to see, well, I know there's a local water company that I could be working with. So always start local first and then build your list out like that. If, it, if you're a first time event, don't ask for a ridiculous amount of money. Um, build that relationship first. Like, seriously, people, I need $50,000 for this event that I've never thrown and I don't know who's coming to. Nobody's going to take you seriously. And the brands that you talk to are going to remember, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like when that name pops up and it's like, I remember you sent me something crazy. Like, <laughs> have you gotten it together yet? So... <laughs> Like, mm, no, we're not gonna work with you. You're asking fifty thousand dollars when I've never spoken to you. I personally don't ask brands for money until I've had a conversation with somebody at that brand. Mm. Like, okay. I used to do cold emailing. It does work now. I feel like we're in a different time mm -hmm. where relationships are more important now than ever. Like, I won't just send an email to somebody and ask them for money. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll look them up. I'll follow their work. I'll like, you know, have conversation with them. I'll let them know what I do, but I don't ask for money on the front. That's like somebody coming to your house and knocking on your door and being like, can you give me $5,000? Like, I don't even know you. I don't know where you live. <laughs> I don't know you. Right. Yeah, I don't know you. Why? What are you selling? Yeah. So, you know, those be not good. Um, <laughs> so definitely think about your package offerings. Um, let me think about some fun some fun things we've done in the past. Oh, like, so for Black Tech, we did an event with Jack Daniels. Mm -hmm. Jack Daniels has um, VR headsets. So they have these virtual reality headsets where you can take a tour of the Jack Daniels facility. Oh, it's wow. It's so dope. It's really cool. So we're like, hey, you know, let's do this sponsored event. You know, we'll do a, a tasting. So we tasted five different versions of Jack, which mm -hmm. people don't always know that they have so many different. They have a ride that was just released then. Um, and so we got the headsets and people lined up to do this tour because who knows when you're going to get to the Jack Daniel distillery, but it gives you some kind of, you know, so that's not when you're, when you're looking at a list and you're like logo on this logo at that, Oh, set up VR. That's more, that's what I want to do. So our packages might only have five things on it. All that other crap is standard. We're going to give you that anyway, but we want you to see the bulk and the good stuff of where your money is and how we're really setting up your your activation and your experience to be worthwhile so think about those packages don't ask for a lot of money don't ask for money from people that you don't know and curate your brand as well what is the, what's the difference between like pitching for an event versus like influencers pitching to brands? So the influencers pitching are more content driven. Mm -hmm. So I like to do right now, I'm working with a local influencer here. So we like to kind of tie everything in where you hit all the spots. So mm -hmm. it takes people usually five to seven times to interact with your brand before they buy in. Mm -hmm. So for personally, we're at that like five mark where mm -hmm. I see people go to my social twice. I see people go to my website. I see people go to my LinkedIn. And I'm like, okay, you're at my LinkedIn. We're getting close. Just pull the trigger. Just go ahead and pull the trigger. Just <laughs> so um, for that, it would be like an influencer campaign, mm -hmm. a newsletter, and a live event. I think brands are moving back more. They, they love digital, but they also do like that one-on-one -on -one customer buy-in. It's just a different experience when, you know, 
when you're when something's in your hand and you're drinking it and you're smelling it and you remember the conversation, you know, with the people that you're in and it, you get to associate that, that with that brand. And for events, I like to, I like to pitch in series. And also we also do sponsorship for companies. So like black tech has had sponsorship outside of events. We okay. have people who want to, you know, sponsor us for a year. Um, so in terms of events, companies, influencers, your packages have to really be good about what they're going to get. Mm -hmm. I personally like to lock a brand in for a year and then mm -hmm. after year, go to three years. Oh, um, yeah. So because I like long-term goals, I like to know that I'm going to get checks um, oh. <laughs> every couple of months, you know, like, oh, you're written this for three years. That means that I know, you know, where my money is going to be coming from. Yeah. So after that first, if it is an event, after that first event, that recap needs to be awesome. And that's when the conversation needs to be started about, hey, let's do something together for the next six months. Hey, let's do something together for the next year. Hey, how can we get to just be a partner and we'll do this same event for you for the next three years? And that's when the money comes in. Like the, 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 the money money. The money money. <laughs> so for now, like if you're new and somebody offers you a $500 check, take it. If you're on your way up and somebody's offering you, you know, I mean, a brand that you like, of course, or maybe not, if you need money. But <laughs> if you're on the way up and those brands are at that five mark, that $10,000 mark, go for it. Once you start getting to that 25 and that 50, that's a different conversation. Mm -hmm. And you have to think about the experiences, like, and I haven't done this yet, which is probably my fault. But anywho, I have like I had this whole experience with a brand when it was time to take my son to go visit different colleges and okay. then once he got into that college the same type of experience with that same brand and I'm like hmm this could be a thing so yeah like if you are do you feel like someone who isn't like directly out there like that, but they have a concept in mind that it's okay to pitch to a brand? I think that you should work through your concept fully. Okay. Like think about exactly, okay, I'm about to get into your business now. <laughs> okay. Like college tour related? No. So it's more related to that whole experience of what it's like taking your, dropping off your kid to college that first time their first year like that whole road trip aspect to okay. preparing okay. getting the items for it that kind of stuff okay so what i okay so i'm just gonna take one one aspect of that so the part out of that that i take is the road trip part that's like the driving part so i would start by researching brands who have done something similar okay have a program where like maybe they one of my clients did um a program with like zipcar mm -hmm. try to go to different things um from what I know, does these really great programs and activations with like LinkedIn Motors, like they have mm. like a whole LinkedIn house that's, you know, set up for the influencers to use. So I would look to see who already has those kind of programs. And okay. thing, I'm a big research person. I would research um, car brands that have black people in their commercials. Mm. To work with us. Because look, every time I turn around, I see somebody with a Nissan Rogue. And I'm like, Everybody has this car, apparently. <laughs> there are black people in the commercials. Yeah. So that lets you know where they want to spend some dollars. You know, that's, that lets you know who their customer is. Mm -hmm. I to you that I have your customer. And you know what I'm saying? That, that's all you're doing. When I go to these brands, literally, I'm proving to them that, hey, we have your customers that you right. can't get. You know, all them black folks in the commercials for the Rogue that you want? 
I know them. Mm -hmm. So those are my people. So come support my event and then you have access to my people. Okay. Yeah. Come support whatever I'm doing and you have access to my people. So yeah, offline, we'll be talking because I need to hire you apparently. Because <laughs> I have two kids going to college back to back. This could be like a two-year gig. <laughs> oh my gosh, mine is so little. I cannot imagine taking him to college. Whew, yes, and he's going like nine hours away. So yeah. No. Big <laughs> deal. Big deal. <laughs> yes. See, this is why we need people like you because, you know, people don't know where to start or if they should start or they get scared and like, oh, I haven't made it yet, so I can't do that. But you have to just at least put your foot out there. It's kind of like when you're at a job. You might not get that job, but guess what? You're on their radar now. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's a market for everything and there are so many companies mm -hmm. that you can possibly you know and potentially work with that it's kind of like why not yeah especially since you have a podcast you know mm -hmm. and that's the other thing people make sure you got other stuff set up mm -hmm. so you do you know you have some kind of foundation make sure you're not just at your desk one day and you're like i can't take this no more i'm leaving i'm, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna become a blogger and Toyota is about to give me seventy-five thousand dollars a year to blog about them. I don't have nothing set up yet. I don't have not an Instagram follower, not a blog post, but <laughs> don't do that, please. Don't do that. Don't do it. I'm not making fun of anyone, but I know that that's what happens. And then you're out there pitching to these brands and asking me to pitch to these brands and you don't have a nothing together. So right. definitely, you know, planning, make sure all your ducks are in a row and what you would like it to look like. So mm -hmm. I would, you know, I would put a mood board together or a vision board. We call them mood boards when, you know, I was in jewelry or, you know, <laughs> some kind of idea. I put a timeline together. I would put some kind of, you know, run up show if it's an event or some kind of itinerary. These are the stops that we want to make and start mentally thinking, okay, what, what I's do I need to dot and what T's do I need to cross to really get to this goal? Look, I have even thought so deep about this. Like I'm originally from Detroit, which is like the motor capital of the world. And yeah. so <laughs> I even thought about the fact that going back home before we take him to school, like all of that, like yeah. these whole landmarks that make Detroit important. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, people are putting money into Detroit. Huh? People are putting money into Detroit. They are. It's an up and coming city, so. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, you're so inspiring. So yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I've never think that I'm inspiring because I always feel like I'm saying mean, honest things. No, like, people I need the real. People like dream for the stars, go. And I'm like, get your shit together. Basically, period. <laughs> That's what they need to do. Like you need the real. You don't need fluff. Fluff doesn't equal checks. Fluff doesn't equal actionable steps. No. We need it's stuff. Like that candy. It's fluffy and delicious and you're so <laughs> <laughs> okay so before we get into these instagram questions i let's talk real quickly about black tech charlotte yes black tech charlotte was just a company that was not supposed to be a company <laughs> it was literally a couple of us um just saying hey where are the black people in tech like literally where are you yeah you'd be at events it would be either me me and Sherelle, or just Sherelle, like, hey, I just went to this event with all of these white boys again. 
Mm -hmm. Um, and I was super pregnant. It was a couple days after Keith Lamont Scott was murdered. And Mm -hmm. I was hysterically crying, like, what are we gonna like, what am I gonna leave for this little boy? You know? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like since I grew up, you know, with my mom being an attorney in New York, it's like I just had I've had a different life. So I when I think about it, I don't think about it happening to immediate family. Right. It would be like my cousin. You know what I'm saying? Like so it's it's not necessarily us, but it's our cousin. And right. it's our brothers, and it's our brother's friends. And it's, you know, it's it's kind of like they know who to target. Mm-hmm. They know who, they know what neighborhoods that they can do this in and get away with. And there yeah. have been, like, you know, judges and attorneys that have been roughed up, but because they know how far they can go. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like, you know, and that one hit, hit really close to home because it was um, one of my significant other's friends friends and it's wow. just like I have this whole little black boy growing in my belly like he's gonna go outside his dad is tall I'm tall like he's gonna be up he's gonna be a big kid right you know he has a cousin that is six five wrist size 15 shoe and is like 14 years old so oh he, yeah he's gonna be big he's cute but he's gonna be intimidating and it was kind of like what do we do how can we get just a bunch of black people together and at least try and come up with some solutions and try and figure this out and see what we need to be doing better in the city as a whole. And Sherelle was like, well, you know, I'm thinking about doing this event. Like, let's try it. Let's test and see. So at the time I was um, marketing director at a restaurant group here. So I sponsored the food and we got like some wine from Trader Joe's, a, a local kombucha company uh, gave us some, some drinks. And we had this event that we thought maybe 30 people would come to and 125 people. Wow. We were like, oh, this is a thing. And we just put up these um the big notepads and asked people what they needed. And it was like access to capital, um, you know, help getting job placement, breaking the glass ceiling, mm-hmm. and you know, learning more about what tech really is and what could, you know, what it could be for them. And every time we did the event, we did it four times that year, we got the same answers, the same answers. So then we rolled out our classes and our training program, and it's just mm-hmm. been like a it's been a whole ride of, oh, okay, we like to test things. Um, so, you know, we'll be like, hey, let's do this membership program now. Let's, you know, keep having some events. Let's do these different partnership things. Through it, we actually have a recruiting department that um, not everyone knows that we have, but we work with the tech companies here to place Black folks in these tech roles. So mm-hmm. our recruiting department, yep, there's two people in our department, and they handle all of that um, jazz for us. They do the job postings. They you know, get people to interviews. And it's funny because I, I applied for a job at Avid Exchange when I first got here and they never mm-hmm. called me back. Now, if I submit somebody to them, they give them an, a phone interview within 24 hours. See, and girl, I was like, you the plug and we didn't even know. I was like, when I was trying to work here, wouldn't nobody call me back? Now, now y'all call me back. Now you know, y'all ask me if I want a job. They just kind of like that too, though. They, they won't call you. They're like, really? Well, why you post the job? <laughs> I'm like, but you didn't call. Also, your email does work because when I emailed you like before Black Tech, you ain't, I ain't get nothing. But nothing. You ever saw? So you the plug for real. How can someone get connected with Black Tech Charlotte to get all of these resources? Go to blacktechinteractive.com, B-L-K-T-E-C-H, interactive.com. The job board is there. The recruiting part is there. Membership is there. Um, it's me, Sherelle Dorsey. And Frida Henley, and everyone just has such great backgrounds. Sherelle from Seattle, total Microsoft kid. She worked for Uber, 
Google um, Chiseida here. Frida, super publicist. She's done um, training programming for Disney. She was at Google. Like it's the the three of us. I'm you know it's like just super powerhouse. Mm-hmm. We go hard. We get things done. Um, we we try to be quick and swift, and we pivot at any second. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Look, there is nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. So let's take a look at some of these questions from Instagram. Well, this one isn't really a question, but I think you need to hear it. <laughs> it says, I love Novi. She is bomb. Oh, and her son is a true sweetheart. <laughs> is that from Jania? No, it's not. It's from Maisha. <laughs> I love Jania too. She is a sweetheart. Um, I think you kind of touched on this one a little bit. Um, the next question is how seasoned should a business be before seeking investors? So yes and no, you didn't really touch on. No. So depending on what type of investors you're seeking, I mean, I always think you can do a friends and family round. Definitely do it Mm -hmm. in your first, um, in your first year. So I know that with us, generational wealth is just not there. That's a whole nother podcast, whole nother conversation. Yeah. But raise small amounts of money, figure out what you actually need the money for mm. and have some proven numbers. So if you want an angel investor, they're not going to give you a lot of money, but they give you more of the network. Okay. So they definitely help you in that matter. And they're going to want a lot of percentage. Like mm-hmm. if, you, if you go to an angel investor, they're going to want up to 30% of your company. Oh, are you willing to give that up? Um, for VCs, for venture capitalists, if you're a high growing tech company, a medical company, a pharmaceutical company, yes. If you like make furniture, I would <laughs> stay away from it. You know, like if, you, if you're not in one of those roles, like because what's the little black girl that got some money for her lemonade company? Oh, I don't know her name, but I know exactly who you're talking about. So because so now everybody thinks that they're supposed to get venture capital for their lemonade companies, and that is not the not case. Okay. <laughs> um, definitely stray away from that. When I first got here and I did throw that event for that company, one of the women, she had a natural snack company. So when she was pitching to the group of investors, there was one that had three kids under the age of six. Mm. Now, you don't got to pitch to nobody else on that panel but that man because mm-hmm. all the kids. And um, at the end, she gave her him snacks, but she was already in like 50 Whole Foods stores. Wow. So she was able to get into like 300. So if oh. it's a situation like that, exactly, like where your numbers are proven, Yeah. don't ask money from people when you're just like, I got an idea. I want to, you know, mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure this out. Make sure you have some numbers. And then on the loan side, um, if you... If you need to take a loan, which actually I would say to take before you do take any money, invested money, because mm-hmm. people don't really pay attention to what comes along with that. Like people are actually taking a percentage of your company and their mm-hmm. ideas and how, how they think the company should run matters. So you mm-hmm. don't take any money from people whose ideas you don't really value. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can get a loan with a 10% interest rate on it and pay that back and still have all of your company unless you're doing the investment for those connections. So mm-hmm. Depends on the company, what your goals are, where you're trying to go, also where you've already been. But yeah, 
So there's, I don't have a definite answer for that. I'm trying to give a definite answer. But those were all very good examples because they kind of spread it out because I know angel investors, I heard about that years ago. And when it, when I first started hearing about it, I'm like, is this real? Are these like people trying to say your money? I realize it's real and legit. <laughs> it's real. They just they want a big percent. Yeah. Because they, they, they invest in seeds. So they invest <laughs> in the company is you know in that in those early stages. So if you if you get up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for thirty percent of your company, like mm. that means that they're really gonna give you probably like thirty or forty thousand dollars. Like I need more than that. Yeah. Whew, very, very, very good information. <laughs> and then the last question is, what type of analytics or data do you, do they have for when choosing a company to invest in? Did that make sense? What kind of, we don't, one more game. What, what type of analytics or data do they have for when choosing a company to invest in? So I guess like the company that you're pitching to? the investor side. What, yeah. Okay. So they definitely want to know your demographics. They definitely want to know your sales. They want to know mm -hmm. what your projections are going to be. Um, I always advise people to have at least three years of projections mm -hmm. on hand. If you go to my website, which is enoviab.com, in my resource um, tab, there's a, a website live plan mm -hmm. that I use all the time. So my, my business plan is a living, breathing document. Mm -hmm. I depending on what's happening, you know, clients coming in so I can see the numbers and I play with that often. Um, they're going to want to see your balance sheet. They're going to want to see your profit and loss statement. They're going to want to know how much money you need, what it for, what it's for, why. <laughs> the why is always the most important. Where you why do we it? need to give you this money? Exactly. And also what the disbursement arrangement is going to be, if you're going to get it all at once. If you're gonna Ooh, get I didn't think about that. Yeah, if you're going to get it spread out over five years, if you're getting five million dollars, but you're only getting a million a year, those are very different plans from getting five million, you know, in a lump sum. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that was all very, very good information. Okay, so before we end, I want to first thank you for coming on. Like when I tell you, I feel like we need to have like at least two or three more episodes with you to really get into the nuts. That sounds like picking my brain. What'd you say? I said, that sounds like picking my brain. It does. It does. So <laughs> we're not going to pick your brain. <laughs> Next time you're going to have like 25 questions. Like, ask for this. I can't go with this. Do this. No, no. <laughs> the, reason, the way that you get the answers is to go to vetdeck.com or com <laughs> Or nobb.com. Look, that's how you get the answers to the rest of those questions. <laughs> because at the end of the day, they need every, to invest in the knowledge. Every time I do a pet, a podcast, I feel like me and the host laugh like through the entire thing. <laughs> so funny. I have Look, about my life. Good times. It is good times. <laughs> <laughs> so they can reach you at both of those websites. Um, Black Tech will list all of these um, ways to contact you in the show notes. So that way people can get in contact with you and invest in the knowledge that they need, okay? <laughs> I mean, because, I mean, you have the receipts. You have the results. So why not? <laughs> why not? <laughs> so we are going to go into our lightning round. I like to call this the time capsule um, round. 
And so it's going to be a series of five questions and you just say whatever first comes to mind. Okay. Okay. So the first question is, what would you tell your younger self? Oh my God. Too many things. <laughs> take, take education seriously. I feel like that's one thing that I didn't really do. I was always concerned about working. So mm -hmm. I didn't graduate college. I went to FIT, but I didn't finish. And I would definitely say, do it early and just get it done. Mm -hmm. I agree. Very much so. <laughs> Question number two, what keeps you sane throughout your journey? Oh, I have this little journal that I recently got earlier this year, actually, from Five Below. It's yes. a journey journal, and it has different... I have that! You have that? Do you love it? I do! I, I love do. it so much. Like, I, I'm not really good at I've had diaries over the years or journals or whatever people are calling them nowadays. And I would write from time to time. But sometimes I just don't know what to say. So it's kind of good to structure that and format it. So I love that. Um, I light my candles every day when I'm working. Mm -hmm. That, like, yeah, I, I have to light my candles. I don't really um, put on the TV too much. Sometimes I'll put on, like, the music and jam out. I definitely pray. Sometimes I, I'll go outside for a walk. But I have this thing that, like, people who work with me know that I do. When I can't take another minute, I just slam my computer down. Like, I slam, I close it, and I go, not another minute, and I just get up and leave. Like, sometimes we'll be on a call, and if it's getting to be too much, if we're on the call for, like, an hour and ten minutes, I'll be like, hey, guys, let's wrap this up, not another minute. And everybody be like, all right, time to go. Like, it keeps me sane, because sometimes, like, my eyes, I just have to get up and just not do it anymore. So mm -hmm. definitely give my, giving myself those breaks um makes a difference throughout the day it just yeah just try not to put that internal pressure on myself i'm like gotta get it done. it's it's all bull that's a good one i i love that journal because it does it helps you i think it it, it doesn't allow you to just put any old thing in there it makes you really think yeah. about it it makes you really think sometimes i'll open it and i'll read it and i'm like ooh, do i really want to address this let me I got therapy Tuesday. Let me come back to this journal entry after therapy because I don't want right. to it right now. Let me close it and I'm going to see you. But yeah, it really makes you think and be intentional and specific about what you're writing. And I, I really enjoy it. I'm, I'm going to get it again. Yeah. Yeah. I like that one. Um, question number three. What? Um, look, I'm thinking about that dang on journal. <laughs> Listen, right now, but I need to see uh, what tools do you use um, that help you day to day? So for my team, we use Asana. Mm -hmm. um, of course, we like batch as much things as possible. So our content mm -hmm. is batched. So we'll sit down in Asana. I'll lay everything out or I'll tell people we have it set up by categories. Mm -hmm. So like Mondays, we post our memes. Tuesday, we post our tips. So it makes it real easy for everybody to drop things in. Um, so we use Asana for all of our project management stuff. I use HubSpot. I have a paid mm -hmm. account is super expensive so hubspot is a crm it's a client relationship management tool mm -hmm. so it gives me it lets me know when people open my emails lets me know when people who are on my email list go to my website so then i can pop up in the little chat box a little creepy and be like hey you ready to buy um oh. it, yeah, so hubspot definitely um i was able to create my chat box in there mm -hmm. so HubSpot for a lot of different things um what else do we use you know, we in our Gmail all day long because we got that good, good business G Suite. Um, I'm trying to think of what's on my phone. My bank accounts, of course. My cash <laughs> account for my investments. Mm. Um, well, let's see what else is on my phone. This is how I know. 
um, Canva, of course. Of course. A lot of Canva, WordPress, um, Tiny Scanner, because I'm always taking stuff hmm. on my phone and turning it into documents. So when like I need to scan something, I don't have an old school scanner. So Tiny Scanner, it's a free app that you can use. Makes your phone take pictures like it's a, a copy machine. But yeah, so those are those are some of my tops. Oh, I also use this other one. This is my secret one, y'all. It's called Slide Dial. So when I want to call somebody, but I don't want to talk to them, I use Slide Dial because it connects you directly to their voice message. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. You have like, literally, there are like three things that you said that I have never heard of, but I'm looking up. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. Cause it's like, you know, you don't want to interrupt people's day. Mm -hmm. And so you still want to get the message to them. So I just open my Slide Dial app, call it, hey. Sorry, I couldn't get you on the line. X, Y, and Z. Um, so I like that. Yeah, I like that. That's a good tip. That's a good you know, tip. I would check my voice messages, but if I see it pop up, then I know somebody left me one. Right. Okay. Question number four. What is the name of another shift maker that is going under the radar, but people need to know about? There are so many. <laughs> but why is that always the response? Because <laughs> we like, we basically fly under the radar. Like I would say, um, Frida Henley, one of the partners in Black Tech, she's so low key. She's so under the radar, but she's just so powerful and just, she's just such a beautiful soul. She really, really is. She's, she's one of those people that she will talk to you and make you feel like you've known her forever. Oh, wow. I like people yeah, she's like that. amazing work. She um, is starting a nonprofit here. Mm -hmm. Her son has autism. He's like oh. our favorite person. And um, so she's teaching um, minority parents how to advocate for their children. Oh, I love that. How can we get connected with her? Frida. Let me, let me see what Free's Instagram is. I know that I think it's free time. Let me tell you. She's, if you go to the Black Tech page, you can click on her face. Oh, okay. Yep, she's in the About Us section, and her Instagram is free time T Y M E eighty. Awesome. We will make sure that we put her information in the show notes as well, so other people can connect with her and uh, and know how dope she is too. Yeah, super dope. And actually, today we um, it was announced that we uh, the three of us received the Community Champion Award for Black Enterprise for the Forward Conference, so. Yes, I saw that. I thought that that was so amazing. I was like, I'm interviewing her today. <laughs> Thank you. So that was so awesome. How does that make you feel when you get stuff like that? It felt good. It's kind of like, oh, people notice. You know, it's like you're, you're so busy with your head down doing work all the time that you, when you come up from air, for air, you're like, oh, Somebody saw me? Okay, yay. And then you just kind of like put it back down and keep going. You know, you don't want to let it sidetrack you and be like, because now we got, uh, uh, we, we still need money in our bank account. We still need to push forward. <laughs> it's the end all be all, so. Yes, I think that that is so amazing. So amazing. And question number five, what are you most thankful for throughout your journey? I'm thankful for my support system. Mm -hmm. Like my mom, able to come down and just be here with my son my boyfriend he's like he does not understand what I do like so 
the time. And he's just so down. Like he brings he brings our son to the black tech events and he's like, This is great. Like he doesn't know what my website does, but he <laughs> shares it and tells people to go to it. Like he's just so so supportive all my friends who supported me along the way there was like a team of i think 20 people that even helped me pick out my logo i was like sending emails like hey and then i sent everybody like starbucks gift cards i'm like hey what logo do you like just all the support that i've been able to have during this process because it seems like a lot of people don't have that same right you know, that same experience of, of people just genuinely showing them love and supporting them so i'm i, I wouldn't have been able to get this far without without my support system Awesome. Awesome. Well, we thank you for just sharing your journey, being so open and so candid with us here on Shift the Plan, because a lot of the stuff that you talked about are a lot of what I saw this weekend when I, um, the information that was needed uh, when I attended BYOB Live. And so, yeah, it, they needed you on the stage too. So next year, next year, we need to see you on the stage at BYOB. It's, it's funny because sometimes with the conferences, I'm in between because I'm at that stage where it's kind of like, y'all should probably be reaching out to me for me to speak. You know, it, it's, it's always weird. But I'm like, am I going to go to this conference? Am I going to go to this day? Like, am I going to get something out of it? Or should I be? So, yeah, I'm kind of at that weird point now. So I just be like, I got my son. I'm not coming. I'm staying home with my baby. <laughs> But yes, we, I, I foresee a lot of people reaching out to you because this was some juicy, juicy stuff. So, Thank you. but yeah, so you guys remember to subscribe, make sure you review, leave, um, leave a review on Instagram. Y'all don't know how important it is for you guys to leave those reviews. It one lets us know what you're talking about the show. <laughs> and and we're pitching this college thing. We got some numbers. It's yes. all about data. Yes, yes, we need that, you guys. So if you want me to get this campaign, go ahead and leave a review. <laughs> and make sure, and that's how other people find out about the, the podcast. So if you are enjoying it and you think someone else should know about it, make sure that you are subscribing and leaving a review for us. And hit me in the DMs. Let me know what you thought. Do you have an additional question for the guest? I'll send it on over to her. But remember, do not ask her if you could pick. Her brain. Don't do that because she'll get you straight. <laughs> and remember, there are things in life that are going to happen. There are many shifts and obstacles that are going to come. But what matters is what you do with that. Either stay stuck or you shift the plan. So see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Shift the Plan podcast. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure that you are subscribed and that you rate this episode as well as leave a review. Let me know what you think as well as any questions you may have for the guest that was on the episode today. Now some exciting news. If you haven't already seen it on my uh, Shift the Plan podcast or my personal page, The Rhonda Evans, we are now a whole tribe, y'all. I know it has evolved from just me having the idea to starting the podcast to now wanting to connect with more individuals who are shift makers, those who are making an impact in different areas in the community and education, mental health, and just what that foundation of building families are. Um, and so I'm excited to announce that we are now an organization called Shift Maker Charlotte. So you can head on over to our Instagram page 
at shift.makers.clt and take a look at what we have going on. And you can also go directly to the website at shifttheplan.com backslash join the tribe.